Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While Jesus was speaking, a woman from the crowd called out and said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breast at which you nursed. And he replied, Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to your Lord Jesus Christ. It is something of an irony that we've gathered here before this majestic image of our Lord and Our Lady, at the feet of which we have enthroned another image of Our Lady, and yet our readings speak not so much about seeing as they do about hearing. And so let us begin right there with this issue of hearing because it is intrinsic to who we are as the people of God. In fact, it is intrinsic to what the universe itself is. We read at the very beginning, when the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, darkness covered the abyss, a mighty wind swept over the waters, and God said, Fiat lux, let there be be light. And there was. Think about that for a moment. Wouldn't we love it if we said something and it happened? How different our family life would be. How different our personal life would be. To be able to speak and reality itself responds. Note Creation itself, the universe itself, comes into being because God speaks and it responds. An obedient response to the word of God is the very essence of how the world comes into being. What a remarkable thing that is. We read in that first chapter of Genesis, day after day in the original working of creation, God speaks and reality emerges. God speaks, and there is a response. And as God speaks and the response is there, God looks each and every time and says, it is good. How absolutely wonderful that is. And so for five and a half days, this is how things happen. Until the sixth day comes to its conclusion God makes man in his image, after his likeness. Male and female, he created them, commanding them to fill the earth and subdue it, to be fruitful and to multiply. And in speaking this way, and humanity standing forth, note the very essence of the human heart, the very essence of what it is to be man and woman in the image and after the likeness of God is to come into being because God calls us into being. An obedient movement from nothingness to life is the very foundation of who we are. And what does God say at this moment? 
Not that it was good, but that it was very, very good. This exceeding goodness of the very beginning is a goodness that flows from the speaking of God and the universe and the human heart responding. And how does man plunge himself into darkness? He stops listening. He stops listening to the speaking of God, which becomes only a memory. Eve at the tree remembers what God said, but she listens to the snake. And note how hearing and listening suddenly change, and in that hearing and that listening, so do we. And man plunges from light into darkness, from life into death, from joy into sorrow and struggle, from union into division, from service into ambition. And in listening to the serpent, man learned to listen to all of the lesser things in the world. And in listening to them, learned to obey them and therefore gave his freedom away. And yet, what do we hear in our readings? That the Lord's word will remain effective. That the Lord will continue to speak and in speaking, he calls for a hearing and a responding. And beautifully in our responsorial psalm, what do we hear? That beautiful verse we repeat it? Listen, see, and bend your ear. What a curious combination of orders. First, listen, then see, and then bend your ear odd sequence of things. But now think. Think for a moment. Think for a moment of how the word enters the world. The angel speaks to the Virgin Mary, and she hears, and she listens. And in listening by his word, God shows her what he is going to do. Note how the hearing produces seeing. She sees now who she is. She sees now what the Lord seeks to do, and in seeing, what does she do? She doesn't jump up and say yes. She listens even more deeply. And then she responds. How absolutely beautifully Wonderful this is. And this is the reality that lurks behind this very brief gospel reading. St. Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, the one place in Scripture where Jesus Christ directly tells us what he thinks of his mother. It's right here. And the context is simple. The Lord is speaking, and someone is moved 
by what he is saying. Note again we have the issue of a word and a response. The Lord is teaching. The Lord is speaking. And a heart is moved to the point of responding. And so this woman can no longer hold back her response. And she longs to praise the Lord. And she does so by saying essentially how lucky your mother must be to have a son like you. And so she stands up and says, blessed is the womb that bore you. Blessed is the breast at which you nursed. How wonderful, how great, how pleased, how delighted, how happy she must be. And Jesus, of course, who is seldom polite, doesn't say thank you. Rather, he says, basically, if you're going to talk about my mother, get it right. And he does this because he is the best of all sons. And he loves to hear his mother praise, but like a good son, he wants the best praise for his mother. And so now Jesus says, here is how you praise her. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Once again, we come back to the issue of hearing, the issue of listening. And the Lord here identifying the singular greatness of Our Lady as a singular greatness of listening and keeping and responding. And this can puzzle us. Well, she says, Mother, what else should he say? She's sinless. And yet Jesus says not those things. He says this thing. Blessed are those who hear the word and who keep it. And why? Because as St. Augustine so beautifully said, the Virgin Mary conceived the word of God in her heart well before she conceived him in her womb. Think of the words that you hold in your heart. Think of the words that you hold in your heart. And all of us will have this odd collection of what we store in our heart. There are words of affection, words of affirmation that we've received that we hold on to. And there are likely words of criticism, words of chastisement, words of doubt that we likewise hold on to or perhaps hold on to us. And often out of the storehouse in our hearts, we conceive things too. And often it is a bitter word rather than a good word. And even when we conceive a good word, it is often a good word whose goodness is limited, whose goodness doesn't go very far. And so we have Our Lady, that one who conceives and holds the word in her heart. First. And this is the very essence of who she is. And if we reflect on this, we come to recognize something remarkable. And that is this. To listen well is to love well. To be incapable of listening 
is to be incapable of really loving. And that seems counterintuitive. Listening involves the ear, love, we're told, involves the heart. How does that work? But that misses the point because listening is not a matter merely of the ear. Listening is a matter of opening oneself to another person. To listen to you, I have to quiet myself. And that's hard to do. To listen to you, I have to give you the intention and not myself. To listen to you, I have to make time to be with you. In other words, I have to open my life to you. When I am listening to you, I am saying to you in a very real way, I am yours, at least for right now. But right now, this time is our time together, and specifically, your time with me and my time with you. This is why when we have the experience of not feeling like we are being listened to, we feel somehow diminished. We feel unimportant. We feel unloved. It's true, isn't it? And so note, who is Our Lady? She is that one who never stops listening to the Lord which means she never stops belonging to him. She never stops opening herself to him. She listens not to the world, she listens to him. And as she listens, she learns to see his goodness, see his greatness, know the grandeur of what he would do, and in seeing and learning and knowing those things, she bends her ear, which means she leans even further into her listening. This is why when Gabriel appears at the Annunciation narrative, unlike other parts of Scripture where an angel appears, we don't hear that Mary sees anyone, only that he speaks and she hears because she was already listening. And at the end of that magnificent encounter in Nazareth, what does she say? Behold the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. And what is a servant? One who responds to the word and the will of another. She identifies herself as well as the one who responds to the word and identifying herself that way. She says, may it be done unto me according to your word. And how does then the word become flesh? Heaven speaks. The world responds. And the word is made flesh. And how wonderful it is that Jesus, who points this out, this real greatness of her mother, who is he? He is that word that she heard. He is that word that she kept. He is that word that dwelt within her those nine months. She is that word that she so perfectly 
communicate it to the world. So as Jesus speaks that way, he's not speaking in mere generalities. He is also cluing us into his own experience. He who is the word become flesh in Mary, through Mary, with Mary, and by Mary. But then in speaking that way, Jesus is also telling us something about ourselves. Because the simple fact of the matter is, none of us is going to be his mother in our bodies the way she is. None of us will have that exact relationship with him. That is unique to her. It is non-reproducible. We can't participate in that, but we can participate in her greatness, her real greatness. Note what he said. Not blessed is she who hears the word and keeps it. Blessed are they, you and me, because we can look to her and we can learn that great secret of how to conceive the word in our own hearts, how to bear the word within us and how to respond to him, how to listen that we might see, and how in our seeing the truth of the faith and the truth of salvation and the truth of Jesus Christ might then listen to him more beautifully and more fully. From the very beginning of the world to the salvation of the world, there are three moments where a particular word is used. At the very beginning, there is fiat lux, let there be light, and there was light. And in the darkness of the garden on the night before he died, Jesus Christ on his knees in prayer, sweating blood quite literally, looks to his heavenly Father, saying, If it be possible, may this cup pass me by, but not as I would will it, but fiat, let your will be done. And note here, the obedient movement of the Son to the word and the call and the will and the mission of his Father to bring the light of mercy into the darkness of sin and pain and death. But in between those two great moments, there is another moment, a moment that we call the very fullness of time. And at that point where time becomes full, we find a woman. And what does she say? Fiat mihi secundum voluntatum tuum. Let it be done with me, according to your word, according to your will. Note how marvelous that is. Three great moments that determine the fate of the world. And in each moment, the word is spoken, and there is a response. A response that brings the universe into being, a response through which the word himself becomes flesh, and the great response of the word 
to us for our salvation. How absolutely wonderful and absolutely remarkable. And note how beautiful it is that the church today puts before us that great anchor moment, that great middle moment, when by the consecrated listening of this one who listened with every aspect of her person, that she might not lose a single syllable of the speaking of God in her life, received that word so beautifully and so completely, salvation comes to all of us. And note how beautiful this is. We crown her as queen today, and that is good and right and proper because it is the response of the Virgin Mary, in fact, that does rule the universe. And why? Because through that response, God is pleased to come to us, and he comes no other way. And everyone who has ever come to faith in Jesus Christ has only done so as a result of the faith of the Virgin Mary, because by her listening, the word becomes flesh. How wonderful it is, because her listening, in its own mysteriously beautiful way, is our greatness. Humanity finally listens, finally hears, finally responds in a way that gets it right. And that one who does so on behalf of all of us has a name, and her name is Mary. Amen.